Welcome to From Caving In to Crushing It, the podcast for those who find themselves immersed in adversity and choose to write their story instead of having others write it for them. I'm Drew Duraney, and I'm your host. Hey, Michael. It's good to see you. Hey, good to see you too, man. How you doing? Doing well, thank you. So I always ha- like to thank the person who introduced us. And and I know that, um, I don't want to mess up her last name, but it's Pooja Arshanopoli. And she introduced us, and we have to thank Pooja for doing that. So I wanted to make sure I, I acknowledge that. Yeah, There's always she a is reason awesome. why. Yeah. Right? There's always a reason why people introduce people. And I think you and I picked up on the why when we had our first first time we talked, which is one of the reasons why I wanted you on yep. uh, the show. Um, I'm all about making it aware to people that quite often we are living somebody else's belief system, just the way we were brought up, you know, mm-hmm. and in life, life is not linear and we're taught that it is right. You do A, B and C and D and then E is going to happen. It doesn't happen. That way. And not everybody realizes when a defining moment occurs in their life and often they don't realize they have a choice now either stick with the old stuff or or create your own reality and i know you created your own reality when you met your defining moment and that's why i wanted you on if you could for the audience think back as far as you as far as you'd like and to pinpoint that defining moment where something grabbed you and you realize, hey, Michael, there's a better way to live. And I'm going to start doing something different. You share that yep. with me, audience. We'd appreciate it. Well, bro, I don't have to think too hard about this, actually. So the thing that really grabbed me, it happened in 2012. Mm-hmm. happened around July 2012. And the story is that I ended up – I found so I found a lump. And it ended up being cancerous and just the, the way things fell into place during that time, it was like, you know, other people's appointments got canceled so I can get in to visit the doctor. Other people had consultations that they were like, well, we just happen to have a spot for you. It's like things just fell into place so rapidly for me to find out that, yeah, this lump is actually a tumor and it needs to be removed. and cancer is one of those things where we know it happens we know that statistically there's a high likelihood each of us are going to get it at some time in our lives but it always seems like a like an over there like that's a problem that happens to other people or it happens to old people and it's like i'm 32 years old or however old i was back then i can't math fast enough it's late in the day um i'm x number of years old it's like i'm too young for this and the defining moment for me was right when I received the call from our doctor. Cause so I went to visit the doctor. He felt around and he's like, Oh yeah, that's a problem. And then he sent me off to get an ultrasound done, got the ultrasound taken care of that same day. He called me on my phone and he said, well, we got the results back and it is a tumor. And he said, it's going to have to be surgically removed. It's all I know right now. He said, but I have a referral for you. I want you to get in touch with this person and he'll take care of you. 
And when I got off the call, my wife, Charlotte, was standing right behind me. She's actually, I know this is an audio show, but there's a dresser right back here. I happened to be standing at that very dresser when I got the call. And I turned around and she was right there. And I said, that was the doctor. And he said, it is in fact a tumor. And there was just this, this beat where we realized we are entering a new chapter of our lives. And Charlotte's mom had had colon cancer. I didn't have colon cancer. It was testicular. Um, side note, guys, if you're going to get a cancer, like that's the best kind to get, just saying. It's easy. Um, but so cancer had touched our family in a couple ways. And so to hear that directed at me, she was like, okay, I guess we're doing this. Um, it was the start of a really rough time, but it was a time in my life where this is probably going to sound weird. I would not trade it for anything, even knowing like there's dark spots that I went through mentally, physically, spiritually. I would not give that up because it absolutely changed who I am at a foundational level as a man, as a husband, as a father, as a Christian, as a business owner, as an employee. It's like everything just got busted up. It's like busting up the foundation of a house and be like, start over. And it just, it just, I'm, I'm a different guy. I, it, it kind of scares me to think who I'd be had this not happened. What kind of person would I be? It, and so here I am. How something that will um, knock you to your core at the time, you don't want it to happen. You wish it didn't happen. When right. you get through it, you become a stronger and different person. It's amazing how your mindset shifts. Mm -hmm. And you're thankful you went through it because it made you stronger. It's interesting how that human mind works that way. I, I do understand yeah. why. Yeah. yeah. So after you got got through it, was, was the process getting through all that a challenge? Um, the, way, you know, the, the processes that they wanted you to go through, did you have a different approach you wanted to do? Were you in line and aligned with the thoughts of the doctors and, and what they wanted to do? Well, I mean, that process was fairly straightforward. So in the grander scheme of things, I, I got off without having to do nearly as much as what you normally think of when you hear a cancer diagnosis. I didn't have to have chemo. I didn't have to have radiation. It was a surgery and it was done. You know, I'd go back every month at first to get blood work and scans and x-rays and things like that. They're like, we're just, we're just making sure, we're just super making sure that it's not anywhere. But the prognosis was excellent. And actually, that, that kind of cancer has a higher than 99% cure rate. By cure, they just they cut one of your balls off, and then it's like, problem solved. Remove the cancer, remove the problem, right? But they would explain that, hey, uh, when we look at where the cut was made under a microscope, if we don't see cancer cells smashed up against the incision, then they call it a negative margin. They said it's, it's more than a millimeter away which isn't much, but when you're talking about cells, it's like, that's like a mile. They're a mile away from there. It's like, there are no cancer cells anywhere else. You're most likely statistically probably fine, right? But we're just going through the motions. Sure. Um, so we, oh man, it was, it, it is, I do think back on this because it is a formative time in my life. It definitely was scary. It definitely was scary because every month, you have this 
reminder that, oh, hey, you had cancer that one time, and so now we're going to go back, and maybe it's back. Maybe it went somewhere else. Who knows? I mean, there's always that that kind of drumbeat of fear in the back of my mind, right? And, um, I, well, when you said the original question, you said, did you disagree with the doctors at any point? Like, at first, no. But later on, like three years in, I was like, you know what? We've been doing this for long enough. I'm tired of the angst. I'm tired of constantly, every time, you know, they space it out after a while. It's once every three months and then once every six months, and then once every year. And I'm like, I'm tired of getting myself worked up about this. This is not good for me. It always turns out okay. Yeah. I have no doubt things are fine. I told the oncologist, I said, listen, uh, you're doing great, but this isn't working for me. The stress is actually doing damage, I feel. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to step back. He tried to convince me to keep coming. He said, we're going to go for the entire seven years. I'm like, mm. no, I, I'm sorry. I'm just not, I'm not right. So, you know um, well, and yeah, exactly. And I mean, by that time, my wife, Charlotte and I, we had made massive wholesale changes. Like that's one, and we're probably going to get to this in a little bit, but that's one of the things that led us down the path of, better nutrition, clean eating, but also better like putting stuff on ourselves, right? Like, holy moly, you'd never believe the amount of toxins that are in off the shelf deodorant of all things. Who thinks about their armpits on a regular basis? Well, we do. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's one of the things like it, it just, it was a heck of a journey, dude. It was a heck of a journey. You got me intrigued about the deodorants. Just make sure that when I use is all right. <laughs> you wouldn't think that though, but you know what? Who knows what they, I mean, you can read the ingredients. If you can't pronounce them, it's probably not a good thing to use. Yeah. Even the ones you can pronounce sometimes. I mean, if it's got aluminum in it, it's like, eh, that's usually for antiperspirant. But then it's like, ask the question, why is it bad to sweat? You know? You know, uh, I agree with you. And it's, it's, yeah. It's natural to sweat and they release some toxins. Why would you want to keep that stuff in? It's a good point. Exactly. Exactly. Antiperspirants. Yep. So, so once you got through that, uh, what what were you doing professionally at that time, and did that change? Did you find a different like purpose in life professionally? Yeah, I sure did, man. And one thing that I realized probably after the fact was I had a I had a job where I was in a very very high stress environment. A lot of Type A personalities. Not faulting the company by saying that, but what I am saying, it's kind of a, a foreshadowing to the fact that I previously was not emotionally mature. And I'm, and I'm saying this as, you know, I was in my 30s, sure. right? Yeah. And I can say, I'm not emotionally mature. Like, what? You're a man, aren't you? Well, yeah, but it doesn't mean I understand that not everybody's out to get me. It doesn't mean that I've got enough self-confidence that I'm not worried about losing my job. I could never enjoy vacations until I was three days in and fully relaxed because I was always afraid I'm going to come back to work and there's going to be like somebody else sitting at my desk. Like what the heck? Yeah. Um, but looking back, it's like the, the big change that happened was I launched myself in a direction of less stability, less security as it comes to how I make money. And so I went from making a pretty good salary. I was making like 65,000, but this is way before COVID. This is like the early 2000s, right? 
making that kind of money and and saying, okay, well, I need a job. I need a different job. And the first one that came up was a contracting position. And everybody was like, contracting is scary. They can fire you anytime. Hey, newsflash, they can fire you anytime, even if you're a W-2 employee, yeah, just yeah. saying, right? Job security is a myth. You heard it here first. Job security, yeah. I know, right? And so when I when I started doing that and I went from that job to one where it was consulting and then another one where I, I had executed on an idea of starting an LLC okay. and my and just doing the same thing I was doing for a whole career yeah. and just doing more stuff and cutting ties with the idea of I can't take risk. Risk is scary. Failure sucks. Failure defines me as a person. Yeah. I define myself as a failure. I stopped doing that. I realized I'm like, I'm not a failure just because I failed. Right. Failure is an event. It's not a definition. Right. But yeah, I mean, yeah. And it, it just, it, it led me down this path of it's okay to have this, I'm running with scissors feeling. Right. It's okay to like run downhill. It's perfectly fine. In fact, if you're not taking a moderate amount of risk on a regular basis, you're really doing yourself a disservice by not right. testing your limitations. Right. So now I'm just woo all the time. So tell me what, what was one of the first uh, risks you took uh, and you didn't look back? Well, it was um, getting married. So pre, and this is like way before cancer, this is like BC, right? So we got married in, 2007 so if uh bc is before cancer it's five bc right okay. married a grand total of five years and then wow. got, got the big z man um but yeah i mean as a kid growing up i almost had it bred into me to be a little bit risk averse like always seek after stability you know do make sure that you have all the information in front of you before you make a decision right and so i'd had a string of failed relationships, dating relationships, varying lengths. Like before I met Charlotte, the longest relationship I ever had was like three and a half years. Okay. And um, it, it was kind of weird, but it was very out of character for me to make this decision. We actually got set up. We mm. met on, on May the 4th, 2007. Yeah. All right. Okay. And um, good friend, Aaron and his wife, Rachel set us up and they said, you know, Charlotte's single. Michael's single. What about Michael and Charlotte? Let's let's hatch a plan and make there something happen. Right. <laughs> and um fell right into it, fell yeah. right into the trap, bro. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. And this is yeah. what really was my first crazy risky decision is yeah. I told my friend Aaron, I said, listen, I know your job, what you do for a living. You have to be an excellent read of people. You have yeah. to know okay. how people relate to each other. You gotta know how to communicate. I said, I cannot pick a good relationship to save my life. Mm. I have a string of failures behind right. me sure. and I know I'm a creature of habit. I said, here's the thing. If you think you and Char if you think me and Charlotte would be a good fit, you're probably right. And so I'm going to propose to her. Like I'm going to ask her dad first, but I'm going to propose to her. Right. And we were married five months later, man. We met on May the 4th, wow. 2007. We got married on October 6th, that same year. I love that. Nuts, man. You were still together. On my birthday. I'm October. Did you? 6th, my birthday. Thank you for getting married on my birthday. Beautiful. Yeah. Now you know. See, if I had had a foresight, I would have gotten married on like somebody's birthday, so I'd have one less date to remember. There you Mine, go. hers, 
something okay. like that, right? Yeah, you know, so my birthday. Now you'll remember. Okay. There we go. Hey, go. happy, happy Drew's birthday. She'll be like, Thank who's yes. Drew? Who's Drew? Yes. Let me play this podcast for you. Yeah, let's um, do it. That's awesome. I love that. I love that story. And and the fact that you trusted Aaron and his judge of character. Sometimes we have to just throw our lives up to a higher power mm-hmm. instead of trying to control it. So good job. So, okay, so we went through the marriage, uh, you, you you beat the cancer, now you decided not to stay in the corporate world, and you're going to do your own thing. What was your own thing, and how does it, it help shape you where you are right now? Well, my own thing was a company that I fired up in 2015 called okay. Arch DevOps, and okay. so its premise was basically keep doing the same thing you were doing in your career, which was software testing okay. and automation, right? So they would they would call me and they would say, we, we got a sticky problem, let's call in the Fritz. And so my best clients were the ones that were larger corporations mm-hmm. that are making software for their clients. Okay. Software has to be tested before you give it to the clients usually. And that testing process takes a long time. And it would be better if it's automated. We're doing the same things every single time. Let's just write a program that, clicks the buttons, fills in the fields, selects from the dropdowns, looks at the screen and says, yep, we got it. And then I would come in and I would do that for them. But then I would also teach their testers how to do it. Because I wanted to work myself out of a job yes. every time I got a client. I right? understand that. Yeah. It's like, I don't want you guys being dependent on me, right? Because like, yeah. there's only one of me, right? Yeah. And it it grew into a company where I had two employees and an intern at one point. It was wow. four of us, like the A team. It was great. There you go. you yeah. know, I'm like Hannibal, right? Yeah. And so you, you get that reference, right? Have you seen the show? A team. Yeah, I was going to call you Mr. T, but you, you do Mr. Have a T. T your last name. But yeah. I pity yeah. the fool. Well, I don't really have the right uh, build to be. No, that guy. no, you no. Know? So we'll stick we did have him. a we we did have a black guy though, and he he would have fit because he was. Dude was built like a fire hydrant. I'm like, okay. I should have. Okay. Well, we'll stick with you <laughs> but, being Hannibal when a plan comes together. So, yep. I love it when a plan comes together. That's but, right. um, yeah, that was that first company. I actually shut that company down in early 2021. Oh, really? Okay. 2022. Yeah. It shut down. I know I still use the email address. I just yeah, use yeah. it because I like the calendar. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, now I've got two companies. The first is a, full service podcasting agency okay. and that that podcasting process was actually something i kind of stapled it onto arch devops i was like putting ka-chunk, ka-chunk, adding services i'm like we got to keep it afloat oh my goodness and that was one of them oh, I and okay. i just pulled that out into its own thing Persona. and it's like yeah wonder of wonders people are paying me money for that so i guess i did the right thing oh yeah and yeah and then the other business was one so i had mentioned before like Charlotte and I, we started making our own oh, deodorant, food, yeah. bug spray and so, yeah, clean, that stuff, right? Clean stuff. Yeah. Well, we got, I tell people, I'm like, we got pestered into starting that business called Exactly Zero. And <laughs> like we, that. we had so many people that were like, wow, you make your own lip balm? You make your own sunscreen? Like, like, have you guys thought about starting a business? They were asking, right? And then it kind of evolved into, they were telling us to start a business. They were like, make a business. The world okay. needs what you're making and okay. I'm going to buy some of it. They're like, shut up and take my money. And we're like, okay. So All right, yeah, we started, great. yeah, right. And it's like, we started an Etsy. I mean, if people are going to throw money at you in exchange for the thing that you were going to do anyway, yes. you might as well make a business, yeah. right? Like, yeah. no brainer. But that's been what, going Would you build it on Etsy, you said? 
Yeah, originally uh, we moved off of Etsy, not because they increased their percentages or anything, but because we're doing wholesale, we're doing affiliate, we're doing oh, uh, subscriptions. You, you can't really do that stuff, right? So no, we can't, can't do that on Etsy. Okay. Ever on site. Yeah. Good, Good for you. But it's fun, man. All right. Do those two businesses ever collide? Do you have a podcast on eating clean? Yeah, we do. We, uh, yeah, they don't, they don't collide in like a, you know, two alpha rams that are like, bang, you know, it's like they play together, right? They yeah, don't sure. argue, but yeah, they complement yeah. each other. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. One supports the other. And it's cool too, because previously when I, in, inevitably everybody that you meet is like, so what do you do for a living? And mm. it's like, I used to be able to say, well, I do software test automation. That's super nerdy. Okay. The only people that are going to be like, I get that are like CTOs, CIOs, right? But now I can explain, I do this and I do this. And without yeah. fail, people will gravitate toward one or the other. Yes. They think, wow, on the whole, this is a really cool, like you do both things, but then they want to talk podcasting or they want to right. talk about mm. clean lifestyle. And it's yeah. like, good. Now we've got to choose your own adventure. Next Absolutely. time we meet, we can talk about the other one. Yeah, that's wonderful. Tell me about the uh, the podcast agency. Uh, what 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 do you consider like involved in a full service for the people who don't know how to you know anything about podcasting? Okay, well, if you're listening to this, they know a little bit about podcasting. They know how to they find know, a podcast to listen to. But that's about they know it. how to find it. They can listen to it. Yeah. Um, they can come away. They can listen to a show and come away having been enriched in some way. Maybe they're going to hear about somebody's story, like we're doing. Maybe they're going to learn some right. cool things, right? right. But this is the tip of the iceberg. Everything else that goes on behind the scenes. How do you find a guest? Yeah. How do you get them like to apply? What's the vetting process? How do they schedule? Once you have the show, how do you edit it? How do you publish it? What do you do to promote it? Right. What do you do to keep the communication going with the guests? Like how do you find more guests, right? Like all of that stuff right. is part of the ecosystem. And that's just the podcast piece. There's also an area around it like, well, once you've had a guest on your show, mm -hmm. how do you want them to take part in your ecosystem? Do you want them to join a mailing list? Do you want them to sign up for a course, buy a book, attend a workshop, go to an event, be an affiliate, like what, whatever it is, buy some swag, buy a branded coffee mug or a t-shirt or a hat. Right. Like right. all of these things are all part of that podcasting ecosystem. We do all of that. So mm -hmm. every person we work with ends up that they've got a particular goal in mind. They're mm -hmm. like, hey, I got a business. Um, I want to use this as a way to generate leads. It absolutely can do that when you build a podcast the right way. But the main thing is, and this, I, I maybe could tell people that this is what I do in the podcasting space is it's relationships as a service. Mm, okay. Yeah. It's building relationships, giving you a mechanism to build relationships in a hurry mm -hmm. with the right people. Right. We happen to use podcasting as a way to do that. So the right. podcast is actually a tool in the toolbox the main thing that we're building is a relationship engine. So that's, that's maybe I should re I should rebrand. Maybe I should do that. Maybe I should put that in my LinkedIn somewhere. And be like, I like that. You better patent that and take that for yourself. Ah, uh, patents are expensive, man. No, they LLCs are, okay. are much just, cheaper. Just write the little TM above it and trade. There we go. Yeah. Nobody's going to check that out. No, just, just paste it on TM. there. Yeah. I feel like there so go. many people do that. Um, so, you know, that's interesting. <laughs> you say that because a lot, I mean, you know, when you have the guest on and you have to record it and then you distribute it, I'm sure a lot of podcasters don't think of that next step of keeping their, their guests in their ecosystem. And, and it's, 
it makes sense to you're building a relationship and having a conversation like this just just gets builds the relationship stronger so and 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 i'm sure people i i mean i have i have reasons why i pick certain guests to be on so you'd want those people to be in your ecosystem so so uh that's a very helpful uh tip uh how about the um tell me a little about the clean the clean living um how that platform works and 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 that a little bit about that yeah, I mean, as far as the platform itself, it's an e-com store. It's okay. uh, it's a website built in WordPress. Yeah. Um, you can go buy anything that we make, right? And we have more than 60 products. We have all kinds mm-hmm. of bar soap. We have shampoo bars, hair serum, sunscreen, bug spray, anti-itch stick, if you forget to use the bug spray, mm-hmm. um, all kinds of lip balms. Every year we mm-hmm. make, you know, it's getting to be about pumpkin spice time pretty soon here. So we're going to have that. And uh, body butter, this is not the time of the year for that. You won't see it listed because it melts in summer, okay? (laughs) Um, That deodorant, lotion bars, um, we've gotten into as well some fun stuff like bath teas, Mm. uh, bath salts. And then we've also got a line of products that we're starting out with for the dog space. So we've got lotion for dogs, dog paws. They get crunchy too. And it's like, Somebody came to us with an idea and we're like, well, we could do that. Just make an unscented lotion bar, put it in a tin, right? Rub the dog's feet in there, problem solved. Yeah. So we we got our first order today. Actually, Great. there's somebody in the That's canine crazy. space and she's like, yeah, so we're we're making it, got a business. But yeah, we're, we're at, uh, thank you. We're at different events. We go to markets like farmer's markets yeah. every other week, uh, one-off events. Turns out that the the yarn and the, the knitting community, the crocheting community loves our stuff. Like we didn't know how big it would be in that sector. Mm. Um, the holistic places, any kind of coaches that are into nutrition, they yeah. like our stuff. Spas, salons, yoga studios, uh, chiropractors, we're all over the place. And it's like, we're just, we're, we're spreading. And it's, it's bigger when we started. I don't know if I mentioned this before, but when we started, we had three kinds of soap and three kinds of lip balm. And now it's like, we're almost a household name. We see our products in different places. And it's like, yo, we made that. I love Cause that. it says exactly zero. Our house smells like everything, man. I wish you could smell it. It smells. Love it. Well, can you invent yeah. being able to smell through a computer with that during a podcast? Maybe there's maybe to do. Think about that. Bring it to that. Not on, not on zoom. Actually, you know, I think Zoom came out with a plug-in not too long ago. So, oh, yeah. oh, okay. but you got to you got to put a USB port up your nose. <laughs> it's, I mean, the corners. It's the corn. It's always an engineering thing, that's right? Too much like a COVID test sticking a USB thing up your now, nose. It, that, that's too far. If you go no, that far, it's too that's far. That's true. Yeah, you don't want to do that. You All just right. got to go this far, man. So we could talk about every topic. Look forward to whoever talk about USB ports up the nose. Don't do that at home. That's don't do that. Dangerous. No, do not. Don't try do this at home. Don't try this at home. All right. So I know we could probably keep talking and, and uh, I have two questions to ask you before we let the audience know how they can reach you. So you're sitting down with seven to 10 year old Michael and you want to give him advice about life. What are you going to tell him? I'm going to tell seven to 10 year old Michael that the best things in life to do are going to feel scary. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to be scared. That's how courage is made is when you know what you need to do and you're scared and you, you just do it anyway. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, thinking back to my, that time in my life, I, 
it was kind of it was kind of a fog. I mean, a lot of kids these days seem to have just a there's a quietness about them just because they aren't quite sure what to make of the world. They don't know yet how to interact with it. Mm-hmm. And I found in my own life, it resulted in me not stepping out. I did not know how to communicate. I didn't know how to human properly. Mm-hmm. I know how to talk now, obviously, but before yeah. I would be like, I would have been a terrible podcast guest when I was seven. Yeah. Right. Um, but these days it's like, no, a big part of the reason why I know how to interact with the world is because I took those scary steps toward doing public speaking, toward taking risk, toward starting a business, toward right. saying, sure. you know, I think I know about myself and I'm going to step out and try some crazy. And it works out. It works out. So you can take tremendously more risk in life and you'll be, you'll be fine. Right. Little Fritz. Yes. Very good advice to, to little Fritz. All right. So I'm going to put a different hat on. And now you're sitting with young Michael, the young entrepreneur, young businessman, and you want to give him advice about business. What are you going to tell him? Dude, do not tie your personal identity to the business. Beautiful. Do not, do not do that. Arch DevOps is an LLC that you paid $51.25 to the state of Missouri to have. It's a checking account. Mm-hmm. It's a website. It's not you. If Arch DevOps fails, it doesn't mean you are a failure. A failure is an event. This is fresh in my mind, bro, because I just talked about this literally an hour ago yeah. to somebody else. Yeah. And I didn't know you were going to ask this question. It It doesn't mean you suck. It means you tried something you had the bravery to step out and take risk. And you said, I have a theory. If I do this, this is going to happen. And that theory didn't pan out. It doesn't mean you're stupid. It means you did the best you could with what you've got. Keep a light touch on business. A business is just a revenue generator. It doesn't mean anything about you as a person. Actually, if somebody wants to take that failure and project that on you as Look at this guy. Oh, he tried something and he, and he failed. Ha ha. It's like, well, that says more about that person than it does about you. Sure Probably does. indicates that person doesn't need to be in your life anymore. Right. That's so that's the big thing. Now, I will say too, I don't wish that I can go back and change that. Mm. Like the stuff that I learned, like I had to learn the things the hard way. Yes. But then, you know, if you learn it, it's like, well, now I can project that to the world. If I can go back and change it, probably wouldn't be a guest on your show because I would have figured that out and been like, yeah, everything's good, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, no, that's, that's wonderful advice. Um, too often, especially men, we tie our self-identity to our profession. And mm-hmm. when you, when you relinquish control of your self-identity to something you don't have control over, that's a mm-hmm. recipe for disaster. So thanks for giving that advice to young Fritz. Um, okay, so the audience just uh, has gotten the um, to understand the essence of Mike Fritjuice. How'd I do? Get you, you did Juice? good. You, you got the accent. No, it's Fritjuice. You got the accent on Fritjuice. the wrong salon. Fritjuice. There we go. Fritjuice. Do you have? Do you, so I forget. I forget where are you from? What state are you in? New Jersey. You got Cardinals up there. We have, yeah, the, the Red Birds. Yeah. Yeah. So listen to them. And okay. when they chirp, they go Fritjus, Fritjus, like that. That's how oh, you remember Oh, I've it. heard that. There we go. Okay. Fritjus. Okay. They're, fr- they're Fritjus birds. Interesting. Okay, good. Yeah. Then that's that's helpful. Uh, tell the audience how uh, how easy it is to get a hold of you. Oh, my goodness. Yo, it is so easy to get a hold of me. We have an email address. We also have a website. I'll direct the listeners to 
our uh, website for the clean lifestyle stuff. It's exactly zero.com, all one word. Well, two words, but smash them together. There's no dash. It's just exactly zero. Not the number zero. Yeah, the word, the word zero, the word exactly, the word zero dot com. Dot com. Good. Yeah. And and we're on there. So if you you can reach out to us via contact form. Mm -hmm. Um, if you want to reach out to us directly, it's just exactly zero fam at gmail.com. So fam, short for family. Yeah, we're really easy to get a hold of and we'd love to hear from you. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, Michael, thanks for coming into my life and being on the show, my friend. Uh, I'm thankful that we were introduced to each other and this will not be the last time we talk. Well, good. I hope not because you're a chill dude. Yeah, and I think you're a chill dude too. So we're gonna keep we're gonna keep up that relationship, man. Hey, thanks again, and keep doing what you're doing, Michael. You're you have a couple awesome services that are of value to the community. So keep it up. I will do, man. Thank you. All right, take care. Take care, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe and give us a review to help others find it. If you find yourself immersed in adversity and would like to find support from other men in times of struggle, please become a member of my Men Supporting Men Collaboration Tribe by emailing me at drew at profitcompassion.com, expressing your interest, and I'll get in touch with you. Speak to you soon.